بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد in the last session we took two ahadith or two narrations from the messenger of Allah sallam and that was the 20th hadith and the 21st hadith the 20th hadith was the hadith if anyone can remind us there's someone who can remind us of that hadith Uqba ibn Amr al-Ansari and that hadith was inna mimma adraka al-nas min kalam al-nubuwa al-ula idha lam tastahi fasna' ma shi'at he narrated that the messenger of Allah he said that the messenger of Allah he said that which the people reached from the earlier prophetic speech is that if you have no shyness then do as you do as you will and that was recorded by al-bukhari and then the 21st hadith the hadith was recorded by or narrated by sufyan bin abdullah abi amr or it has been said abi amra sufyan bin abdullah that he said the messenger of Allah or that a man he said to the messenger of Allah what did he say? Qulli fil Islam is the brother the only one who, who, who attended? Qulli fil Islam qawlan la as'alu anhu ahadan ghayrak tell me something that I may say in Islam that which I don't need to ask any, anybody, else, anybody else about so the Messenger of Allah he said, Qul, Amantu Billah, say, I have believed in Allah, Thum, Thum Mustaqim, and then remain steadfast upon that. Ruahu, Muslim. Now, and so we come to the 22nd hadith, Al Hadith Al Thani Wal Ishroon, An Abi Abdullah. جابر بن عبد الله الأنصاري رضي الله عنهما أن رجلا سأل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and so from Abu Abdullah Jabir bin Abdullah may Allah be pleased with him and his father that a man he asked the messenger of Allah عليه الصلاة والسلام فقال and so this man he said أرأيت إذا صليت المكتوبات وصمت رمضان وأحللت الحلال وحرمت الحرام أأدخل الجنة رمان he asked he asked that have you seen that if I was to pray the maktubat the prescribed prayers وصمت رمضان and I fasted the month of Ramadan وأحللت الحلال and I made halal the halal I declared halal the halal وحرمت الحرام and I made I declared حرام the حرام I declared forbidden that which is forbidden ولم أزد على ذلك شيئا and I don't increase upon that with anything أدخل الجنة will I enter paradise قال نعم so the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said yes رواه مسلم 
That hadith was recorded by Imam Muslim. This is the second hadith that the Imam, Imam Nawi, he brings um, from a number of ahadith, uh, six ahadith, or five ahadith here in a row that Imam Nawi, he brings from the riwayat of Imam Muslim only. Meaning that Al-Bukhari didn't narrate the hadith before. The, hadith, we, 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 the 21st hadith, قُلْ لِفِ الْإِسْلَامِ قَوْلًا Tell me a hadith, or tell me a speech, some speech that I may say in Islam, uh, that I don't have to ask anybody else about. That hadith was recorded by Imam Muslim. Likewise, this hadith, Imam Muslim, and the other the next four hadith, three or four hadith, all of them just recorded by Imam Muslim, not Al-Bukhari. Now, and so we have uh, five, six hadith, all in a row, just recorded by Imam Muslim. Now, so this hadith was reported by Jabir ibn Abdullah. Abu Abdullah, as we mentioned, from the norm of Imam Nawi, is that when he mentions a Sahabi, a companion, for the first time, and what does he do? He mentions his kunya. He brings his kunya. And so he said Abu Abdullah. So this means that this is the first hadith that the Imam is narrating from these 40 hadith. The first hadith that he's mentioned from Jabir bin Abdullah. And so he mentioned his kunya, Abu Abdullah. Jabir bin Abdullah. And his name was Jabir, the son of Abdullah ibn Amr al-Ansari. Now, the Sahabi al-Jalil, Jabir, the son of a companion, Abdullah. Both of them companions. And so that is why we say, radiyallahu anhuma. We say, may Allah be pleased with both of them. And likewise, his mother. His mother was also from the Sahabiyat. His mother also from the female companions. Now, he fought alongside the Messenger of Allah uh, in 19 battles. He didn't reach Badr. He didn't take part. He didn't take part in Badr. He was from the Ansar, from, from, from Ahl Medina. From the Ansar. As we said, Al Ansari. From the Ansar in Medina. Now, but he didn't take part in Badr. No Uhud. Because his father prevented him due to his age. But it's mentioned that he was from those who used to, who was present in Badr and Uhud. But he came, didn't take part in the battle, but he would come to the wounded and see to the wounded during the battle. And he uh, see to them, give them water and so on. Now, however, after that in Uhud, Abdullah, his father, Abdullah, he was killed. In Uhud. So then after that, Jabir, he entered every single battle after that, and he never uh, refrained from entering any of the battles um, after that. Now, after his father was killed in Uhud. Now, and he was from those who the Messenger of Allah sought forgiveness for. Now, and he was from the Hufad of the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah those who preserved the ahadith and he was from the Mukthireen and we mentioned that the Mukthireen of ahadith are those who narrated thousand and more more than a thousand and they are how many? Six, seven seven you're able to memorize them uh, with your saying al-Mukthireen fi riwayat al-Khabar Abu Harara yalihi ibn Amr ibn Amr فَأَنَسٌ وَزَوْجَةُ النَّبِيِّ فَالْبَحْرُ جَابِرٌ مَعَ الْخُدْرِي Now, these seven, المكثرون, those who يعني, were أكثروا في الحديث أو في رواية الحديث 
Yani they, they narrated plenty uh, a hadith, meaning over a thousand. Al-Mukthirun fi rawayat al-Khabar. Abu Huraira, first and foremostly, he was the one who narrated the most. Abu Huraira, Yalihi ibn Amr. And there follows after him, ibn Amr, Abdullah ibn Amr. Fa'anas, and then Anas, wazawjatun nabi, who is that? The wife of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Aisha, radiallahu anha. Fal-Bahru, Abdullah ibn Abbas. The ocean, the ocean of knowledge. Fal-Bahru, Jabirun. Jabir bin Abdullah. Here. Jabir bin Abdullah. Fal-Bahru Jabirun ma' al-Khudri. And then, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. Now, so he was from the Mukthirin. The Mukthirin, uh, and he narrated 1,540 hadith. 1,540 a hadith. Now, and he was from those who, uh, عمر, يعني he, he lived a long life. That is why he was able to narrate so many hadith. Uh, it is mentioned that he died at the age of 90, 90 years old. He was 90 years old. And it is said also that he was from the last of the Sahaba who died in Medina. The last of the Sahaba that died in Medina. Naam. In the year uh, 93, after the Hijrah 94, it's been said 93, 94, and it's been said other than that, uh, Naam. Uh, but he died at the age of 90, around 90, as has, been, as has been said. From the last of those who died in Medina, and he grew blind at the, at, at the uh, end of his life. Radiallahu anhuma. Abdul uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah. Now, when he was prayed over by Abban, Abban ibn Uthman ibn Affan, the son of Uthman ibn Affan, he was the one who prayed over him. Now, and so he mentioned in this hadith, Anna Rajulan, Raman, Raman, he asked the Prophet of Islam, Muhammad sallam, he asked him, and he said, Araita, Anna Rajulan, Raman. He asked the Prophet And so here, there's no mention of the name. However, in another wording, uh, in Sahih Muslim, also through Jabir bin Abdullah, that this man was a Nu'man ibn Qawqal. A Nu'man ibn Qawqal. He was the one who asked. He's been mentioned by name in uh, some of the other uh, wordings. Now, and likewise we have uh, in that hadith, that uh, a man from the Arab, a man from the Bedouins, he came uh, and he asked, he asked, يعني, that if I that if I were to pray uh, the five obligatory prayers, uh, and if I was to pray, is there anything beyond that which Allah has obligated from the five obligatory prayers? And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, uh, No, except for the Salawat al-Khams, the five obligatory prayers. Uh, There's nothing obligatory upon you, except for the five obligatory prayers. Uh, and anything beyond that is, is supererogatory, or optional, voluntary. Now, and when he asked about the uh, zakat, likewise. Is there anything uh, beyond the zakat, the obligatory zakat? And he said, no. 
What's upon you is obligatory zakat, and anything beyond that is voluntary. Now, and likewise with the fasting of Ramadan. The fasting of Ramadan is obligatory, anything beyond that is, is optional and voluntary. And likewise with the Hajj. Now, and so the man he, he said, at the end of that, he said, وَالَّذِي akramak By him, meaning by Allah, الَّذِي akramak The one who uh, honored you and uh, ennobled you. لَا أَتَطَوَّعْ شَيْئًا وَلَا أَنْقُسْ مِمَّا فَرَضَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ شَيْئًا He said, by Allah, I will not increase, I will not increase anything or decrease anything upon that which uh, Allah has obligated upon me. He swore by Allah and he said this, and so the messenger of Allah, he said, دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ إِنْ صَدَقَ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ إِنْ صَدَقَ He will enter paradise if he is truthful. And in one wording, uh, that the messenger of Allah, he said, مَنْ سَرَّهُ أَنْ يَنْذُرْ إِلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِنْ أَحْلِ الْجَنَّةِ فَلْيَنْذُرْ إِلَىٰ هَذَا Whoever, uh, it pleases him that he looks to a man, and that he sees a man from the people of paradise, then let him look at this man. Meaning this man who asked this. Meaning that he will enter Jannah if he does that, in Sadaq. In Sadaq. Yani if he is truthful in that, and if he carries that out. نعم. أَرَأَيْتَ So this man, أَنَّ رَجُلًا سَأَلَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ That a man, he asked the messenger of Allah صلى الله And he said, أَرَأَيْتَ Have you seen? Meaning, أَخْبِرْنِي As the scholars they mention. As the scholars they mention in the explanation of this hadith. And, and all of these, uh, that which we mention from explanation, um, everything which has preceded, everything that has passed from the explanation. And likewise today, um, is from the explanations of the, of the scholars uh, prim- primarily the explanation of Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah and likewise our Sheikh Sheikh Salah Al-Fawzan and Sheikh Salah Al-Sheikh Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad Habibullah and others from the from the Imma uh, and from the Mashayikh Naam but the scholars they mention here that the meaning of Ara'ayta have you seen that if I were to pray the five daily prayer if I were to pray the prescribed prayers and fast Ramadan to the end of the hadith Ara'ayta, have you seen? With the meaning, akhbirni. Meaning, tell me. Inform me. Hmm? Tell me that if I were to pray the prescribed prayers, and fast the month of Ramadan. This is the meaning of ara'ayta, have you seen? Now, ara'ayta, idha sallaytul maktubat. Have you seen? Meaning, tell me that if I were to pray the five uh, or oh, the maktubat, the prescribed prayers, maktubat from the kitaba. Uh, this, the origin of this word is taken from kitaba. And we mentioned kitaba has uh, meanings. Kitaba. Yani the origin is to write. But we said that kitaba hmm, has two meanings. What did we say concerning that? Uh, kitaba with the meaning of? Wujub and farab, Allah obligated, or prescribed. Naam. So we said that kitabah, uh, which is diniyah, uh, shari'iyah, that is one type. And then we said that is that kitabah that is kawniyah, huh? kawniyah, 
qadariyyah that kitab that writing which is the writing of uh, that which takes place within the creation that which will take place from the qadar of Allah naam so here al maktubat ara'ayta idha salayta al maktub idha salayta al maktubat yani tell me that if i was to pray the prescribed those uh prayers that have been written and prescribed what what's the meaning here dini shari'i mean obligated those prayers that have been obligated hmm? meaning as-salawat al-khams the five daily prayers the five obligatory daily prayers naam that which begins with uh takbir and ends with taslim those five those five daily prayers that have shuroot that that has shuroot that a person has wudu that a person he faces the qibla that a, that a per, person he, he is upon tahara has wudu uh, he has the intention and so on likewise uh, that salat that has arkan pillars and has wajibat obligations and that which he has to come with in the prayer and mustahabbat things that are recommended and so on naam wasumtu ramadan wasumtu ramadan and that i fast ramadan that shahr and that month that is ma'ruf and well known to us that well known month that month of ramadan that we fast and that we uh, have that imsak that uh, withholding and abstaining from al-mufattirat uh, those things that uh, break one's fast so we stay away from food we stay away from drink and from relations from everything that breaks the fast min tulu' tulu' al-fajr from fajr from the beginning of fajr ila ghurub al-shams until sunset until sunset na'am wa ahlaltu al-halal wa ahlaltu al-halal and that i declare or make halal ahlalt al-halal i declare halal i make halal that which is halal how is it possible that a person makes something halal because it is only allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam that that can make something halal so what is the intent here hmm Naam, that he yani, he affirms it he follows it now and and as was mentioned here but we didn't read out it wasn't here in this in this uh uh print but any anyone who has the arabic print with them you'll find that there's a statement from imam no himself after this hadith anyone have that with them naam what did he say so this is from the speech of imam no not from the hadith itself naam Now, so this is an explanation from Imam Nawawi where he's explaining this. But he said, "Wama'na ahlalatu al-halal." The meaning of "ahlalatu al-halal" that I made halal, halal the halal is. Wama'na wama'na haram tul haram. Now, so he explains that this, the, the latter part first. 
The meaning of I made haram the haram is Ishtanabtu That I stayed away from it Mu'taqidan Is that what he says? Huh? Taib, what does he say? Ishtanabtu That's it But the explanation is that I stayed away from it Mu'taqidan Tahrima That I stayed away from it With the belief with the belief and the affirmation that it's haram. Huh? And the meaning of I made halal, the halal, is hilla. That I did it and I, and I carried out the halal, that I did it with the belief and the i'tiqad, with the belief that it is halal. Now, and so, this is the meaning, Ahlaltul Halal, that I uh, performed the halal, Mu'taqidan Hilla. That I performed the halal with the belief that it is halal. Haramtul Haram, Mu'taqidan Tahrima. And I declared Haram the Haram with the belief that it's Haram. Yani this is important. Why? Because a person may carry out the halal, but he doesn't believe that it's halal. Hmm? Or a person, he stays away from the haram, not from the belief that it's haram. Hmm, what does that mean? So, for example, now, a person, he gives in charity. He gives in charity. Not that he believes that it's, it's halal, or it's from the, those things that are, have been commanded. Hmm? Or that he fasts. Because they are from the people, from the kuffar, from the non-Muslims. Those who give in charity. Those who fast. Hmm? Not, the, not with the belief that it's, it's, it's halal and that it's been commanded. And that, that yeah, yani with the belief that, that they will be rewarded. But, due to some, uh, due to health reasons. For that benefit, that, that, that physical benefit, that benefit that is connected to the health. Or that a person, uh, he, he, يعني, um, he, he performs anything that is, that, that is halal. From those matters that are halal, يعني, uh, he eats that meat that is halal. Not because he believes that it is halal, but because he believes it's better. It's better, the way it's been slaughtered is better. Not that he actually believes that it's halal from Allah, from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Or marriage, for example. Personally, he gets married. Marriage is something which is halal. Huh? And he, he doesn't, he stays away from zina, and he, but he gets married. Not mu'taqidan hilla. Not with the belief that it's halal, but he, because he just thinks it's better. Hmm? Or that a person, he stays away from the haram. Not mu'taqidan tahrima. Not with the belief that it's haram, but because he just thinks it's better. So he stays away from zina. From fornication. Because he believes it leads to disease. Hmm? Or that he stays away from drinking alcohol because it damages the brain cells. Or it's bad for the health and so on. Or the consequences are evil, bad. Not because he believes it's haram. Or that he stays away from um, from uh, riba, interest. Because uh, he, 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 he knows the evils of it. The evils of dealing with interest. So he stays away from it. Or he stays away from eating pork. Because of the research that is out there and that it's, it can lead to cancer and so on or such and such. He stays away from that re- yeah, for that reason. 
Here, this person is not rewarded for that. He's not rewarded. And this is why it's important that, that a person, when he performs these actions, that he does it ma'atakidan hilla if it's the halal, with the belief that it's halal, and so that he's rewarded. And that he stays away from the haram with the belief that it's haram so that he's rewarded. As we mentioned before, from the definitions that the scholars they give, when we talk about that which is wajib, that which is haram, and the other rulings in Islam, is that the wajib is that which ma yuthab fa'ilu wa yu'aqab tariku. We said that the, the wajib is that which the one who does it, he is rewarded. And the one who uh, leaves it off, doesn't come with the wajib, yu'aqab, he's punished. Some of the scholars, they, they bring the addition. Ta'abudan lillah. Yani, um, from worship of Allah. Because, remember, it's important. That a person, he may do the wajib, he may give, in, he may give zakat, he may give in charity, he may fast. So he's, he, he, he fasts the month of Ramadan, non-Muslim, he comes and he says, I want to fast that month with you. Hmm? Is he rewarded? Because he's come with something which is wajib. Hmm? No, he's not rewarded, because it's not ta'abudan lillah. And it's not ma'utaqidan hilla. Hmm? So... Uh, that's the definition of the wajib. And the definition of the haram is, according to the fuqaha, the scholars of, of fiqh, and of this religion, they say that the definition of the uh, haram is ma yu'aqab uh, fa'ilu. That which the one who does it, he is punished. Yu'aqab fa'ilu wa yuthab tariku. The one who does it is punished. The haram. The one who does it is punished. And the one who leaves it is rewarded. And so, a non-Muslim, he leaves off zina. He's left off the haram. He leaves off zina. He leaves off uh, alcohol. He leaves off fornication. Is he rewarded? But according to the definition, he's rewarded. The one who leaves it is rewarded. He's not rewarded. Why? Because it has to be ta'abudan lillah. Or He has to do it يعني, uh, with uh, bearing in mind that it is worship. Worship to, to Allah. Worship of Allah. Or with the belief that it is haram. That he believes, for, uh, with, يعني, no doubt, that he has to have that belief in Allah, the, the, that iman in Allah, and he must have that shahada, the shahadatain, that he believes that uh, he believes in La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Naam. Naam. Adkhul al-jannah. So at the end of this, after saying that I will not increase or decrease anything from that which Allah uh, has obligated upon me, Adkhul al-jannah. Will I enter paradise? Jannah which is Dar Naim. Naam. Paradise that is that that the abode of bliss. Alati Addahallah Muttaqeen. That Jannah which Allah has prepared for the Muttaqeen. That which La 
عين رأت that which no eye has seen in in it فيها ما ما لا عين رأت in it is that which no eye has seen ولا أذن سمعت nor any ear has heard ولا خطر على قلب بشر and within it is that which hasn't يعني no man can can has ever perceived and can imagine now that is the Jannah that this man was asking about. Will I enter? Will this cause me to enter Jannah? Now, and here, we we know that the dukhul of Jannah and entering into Jannah, then there are those who will enter paradise and those who won't, won't enter paradise. Those who will enter paradise are, are uh, every mu'min muwahid, every believer. Who is Muwahid? Who worshipped Allah alone? Because we know that anyone who associated a partner with Allah, who committed shirk with Allah, whoever worshipped someone besides Allah, made dua to others, others besides Allah, sought the aid of others besides Allah, slaughtered for other than Allah, all of these acts of worship, if he performed them for other than Allah, then that is something, that is an action which expels him, takes him out. Of the fall of Islam and causes him to die as a mushrik if he doesn't repent from that. And Allah He says that He doesn't forgive. In Allah Allah does not forgive that shirk is committed with him. It is a sin that Allah does not forgive. If a person dies upon that, but he forgives lesser than that to whoever he pleases. Now and so those who will enter paradise is every believer who died upon the Tawheed. Those who will not enter paradise are every mushrik and every kafir, every disbeliever. But the believers and those who will enter paradise, they are of types from them, those who will enter paradise without adab, without punishment, and without hisab, without reckoning. And then from those, though, from them, those who uh, died with major sins, died with major sins. And from from these people, those who died with major sins, there are those who Allah uh, may forgive, yeah, and not punish them, and so they enter paradise with those who who will enter. Without punishment. Hmm? And so we have those who will enter paradise. Min awl wahla. Yani right from the very beginning. And then those who died upon major sins. From these people. From the believers. They are believers. Muwahideen. People of Tawheed. From them, those who will enter paradise. They had major sins. But either Allah will forgive them. So they're not punished at all. And so they will enter paradise with those we mentioned before. And then there are those who Allah may choose to punish them. And so they will enter the hellfire for a duration and then be put into, into uh, paradise. And so here this dukhul of Jannah is of two types. Two types. The dukhul awwali. That 
entering into paradise from the first instance. From, from the first instance. The dukhul awwali. The dukhul that entering into paradise from the very beginning. And then there is the dukhul ma'ali. That entering into paradise which is that eventual entering into paradise. Now, and so the dukhul awwali are those who will enter paradise without punishment or without reckoning. Now, that is dukhul awwali. They will enter straight, immediately, straight away. Now, and then we have those, we said the second category of the believers, those who died with major sins. From them, those who will enter that dukhul awwali, that immediate entrance in that, that, that entrance from the very beginning. And they are those who Allah forgives. And from them, those who Allah will not forgive and does not forgive. And so they're punished yani for, for a duration and then entered into paradise. That is the dukhul which is ma'ali. The, the, the eventual entering into paradise. And so whenever we have those uh, narrations and those ahadith uh, concerning the dhul of Jannah and entering to Jannah, then what can be intended by it is the dhul awwali, that entering into paradise from the very beginning, or that dhul which is ma'ali, that dhul which is an eventual entering into paradise. Now, and so for example, the hadith, يدخل, يدخل الجنة من أمتي سبعون ألفا بلا من أمتي from my ummah they will enter into paradise 70,000 hmm? from my ummah بلا حساب ولا عذاب without punishment without reckoning without punishment so what kind of dukhul is that? awwali dukhul awwali from the from the very, from the very beginning the first instance Naam. and they are who? الذين لا يسترقون ولا يكتوون ولا يتطيرون وعلى ربهم يتوكلون those who don't seek ruqya they don't ask for ruqya to be performed upon them ولا يكتوون those who don't cauterize themselves with fire and likewise لا يتطورون they don't believe in those omens those bad omens and so on وعلى ربهم يتوكلون but rather they they uh, have complete reliance upon Allah. Complete reliance upon Allah. Okay. Now, so there are two things implying under this. Either they should be patient even with the suffer, and the other thing they might have better belief, so there's nobody can ask Allah for them. Now, this doesn't mean it's haram. It doesn't mean it's haram for a person to to ask for ruqya. It just means he's not from the seventy thousand. That's what it means. It means this this. This uh, virtue passes him. He can still enter paradise. Is it to make you patient or to make you believe? Here, no doubt, uh, it's encouraged. This encourages a person to remain patient. And this is what, this was the way of the Sahaba. That the Sahaba they narrate. Some of them they narrate that a, a man from amongst them that even when his the whip that he would use to 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 whip the riding beast, that even if that was to fall on the ground, he would not ask a person to pick that up for him, from the complete tawakkul that they would have. 
because it's encouraged that a, a person is encouraged to, uh, to to not ask people. Because when a person he asks people for help and for yeah any uh, for his needs, then yeah and it's 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 like a deficiency in his reliance upon Allah. So a person is encouraged to to rely upon Allah. However, it doesn't mean that it's haram, because hadith that we mentioned, I believe it was last week or a week before, where we mentioned the hadith of Fadl bin Abdullah. When we, when we talked about Abdullah ibn Abbas, we said that he, he, had a, he had an elder brother who was Fadl, Fadl ibn Abbas. We mentioned a hadith during Hajj. And he was riding with the Messenger of Allah And then the Messenger of Allah he said to him, Ulqutli hasa'a. He said, pick for me pebbles. And so here we have the Messenger of Allah asking. Hmm? So this show, asking Fadl ibn Abbas to do something for him. So it shows that he's allowed. Permissible. And the Messenger of Allah does this mean now that those who didn't ask from the Sahab that they are better than the Messenger of Allah? No. The Messenger of Allah would do certain affairs to show that it is permissible. Now, and so it doesn't mean that it's haram. It doesn't mean that it's haram for a person to ask for that ruqya. Hmm? Uh, if he was to ask, if he was to ask, it just means that he's not from the 70,000 that will enter paradise without punishment or without reckoning. But no, no, it's, it's from the Sunnah. It's still from the Sunnah. To, to, yeah. And it's from the religion to, 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 to the Sahaba, they would give Ruqya. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and the Messenger of Islam ordered them to give Ruqya. Um, and he said that whoever is able to help his brother, then let him help him. And so, yani, it, it, giving the Ruqya, that is something which is legislated. But we're talking about the one who asks for it. Yeah. Nah, the one who asks for it. And again, it doesn't mean that it is haram. Uh, I remember on a particular occasion when, when Sheikh Salah al-Fawzani was explaining this hadith, when he was explaining the uh, explanation of, uh, of uh, Tayseer al-Aziz al-Hamid fi shar kitab al-Tawheed. And this hadith comes in kitab al-Tawheed. And many questions were coming concerning this. And at the end, at the, end the Sheikh, he said, he, he encouraged the brothers, he said, he said, Ya Ikhwan, he said, Oh brothers, it's as though this ruqya is haram. You're asking as though it's haram. No, it's not haram. All it means is that it doesn't make him from the 70,000. It doesn't make him from the 70,000. It is still uh, allowed for a person if he wants, to, if, he, if he did. If he was to do that, if he was to ask someone to perform the ruqya, he's still a believer and he still may enter paradise. Hmm? But it just means he's not from the 70,000 who will enter without punishment uh, and without reckoning. It's possible that he may die with a major sin. But he's تحت مشيئة الله. He's تحت مشيئة الله, as we said. He's still uh, under the will of Allah. If Allah wills, he may forgive him. And so he enters paradise without punishment, without reckoning. Or he's punished for a for, uh, duration and then entered into, uh, into paradise. Now, now, and so uh, we said that there is the دخول أولي and دخول مآلي. So this hadith is from those hadith that uh, يعني, uh, show to us that first type of dukhul. The dukhul of entering from the very beginning. And then we have a hadith such as 
ما من عبد قال لا إله إلا الله there is not a slave who says لا إله إلا الله ثم مات على ذلك and then he dies upon that إلا دخل الجنة except that he will enter paradise and likewise من لقي الله لا يشرك به شيئا دخل الجنة whoever meets Allah and he didn't associate anything with him in his worship he will enter paradise likewise many ahadith man qala la ilaha illallah khalisan min qalbi whoever says la ilaha illallah sincerely from his heart dakhal al-jannah so the, the likes of these ahadith could mean that dukhul awwali or that dukhul ma'ali if we're talking about the one such as these 70,000 or one who died upon a major sin but Allah uh, forgives him and so he's not punished then from, the, from these people who said La ilaha illallah khalisam in qalbi then that is this hadith as it relates to them is the whole awwali hmm? so from the, from the believers those who say La ilaha illallah sincerely from the heart hmm? and they're from those who will enter paradise right from the very beginning so this is the whole awwali for them this hadith or these ahadith is the whole awwali for them but then you have a hadith such as man la yadkhul al-jannah la yadkhul al-jannah qati' ar-rahim they will not enter paradise or he will not enter paradise qati' ar-rahim the one who cuts off ties cuts off ties yani from his relatives he will not enter paradise or la yadkhul al-jannah an-nammam the one who spreads namima tails he will not enter paradise. Or, لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال ذرة من كبر. He will not enter paradise one who has a mustard seed amount of pride. Huh? Now these ahadith which negate the entering of paradise hmm? we're talking about here now a Muslim and a believer who has these sins with him. We're not talking about the uh, Non-Muslims, because they they will not enter paradise at all. Uh, but for any of these individuals, Qatar al-Rahim, the one who cut off ties from his relatives, the one who used to spread tales, Namima, the one who uh, used to be mutakabbir and proud and haughty from the truth. These individuals from them, whoever said, La ilaha illa khalisa min qalbi, hmm? From these individuals, then that dukhul, what it means, la yadkhul jannah, they will not, he will not enter paradise, person who, is, who has these sins, died upon these sins, without making tawbah. What it means now is, he will not enter paradise, dukhul awwali. He will not enter that into paradise, that, that, that entering from the very beginning. And with the sabiqeen, those who will go, uh, who will precede him and, and, and go from the very beginning. That's what it means. But he will enter Jannah because he said, La ilaha illallah khalis min qalbi and died upon tohi without shirk. He will enter paradise, dukhul ma'ali. But he will enter paradise, that eventual entering. And so this is the meaning of these hadith. Very important. Because many have erred and gone astray concerning these uh, ahadith.
And so you have those who take the likes of the of, of these narrations and they say, for example, whoever spread spreads namima, whoever breaks up the ties, whoever uh, has uh, kibber, pride, and so on, he's an un, he, he will not enter paradise. He will never enter paradise. Why? Because light khul jannah. He will not enter paradise. And so they take it to mean he will never enter paradise at all. However, we have to combine these narrations with the, with the rest of the narrations in the ayat. مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهِ لَلَّهِ خَلَصْ مِنْ قَلْبِهِ دَخَلْ جَنَّةِ Or whoever, whoever uh, meets Allah without associating partners with Allah. And so he meets Allah without shirk, but he had namima with him. He cut off ties. What does that mean? Yeah, because on the power now, there's contradiction. Hmm? Huh? That he will enter paradise because he didn't commit shirk. He met Allah without committing shirk, so he has to enter paradise. But then we have this notion that says he will not enter paradise because he, he came with this sin. What it means is when we said, when we talked about the dukhul, dukhul awwali and dukhul ma'ali. That's the way we understand it. Likewise, we have those who say um, that whoever says la ilaha illa khalis min qalbi, he will enter paradise. Whoever just said la ilaha illa, that's it. He will enter paradise. Even if, even if he commits shirk. Even if he worships at the graves. Even if he comes with something which negates his Islam. Hmm? Some of them, they cling on to, to, to these ahadith and say, Khalas, he said la ilaha illallah, he says it, so he will enter paradise. No. If he comes with something which negates his Islam, if he, if he associates partners with Allah, then that negates his Islam. Now. Now. And so this hadith, ayyul ikhwa, it shows to us that whoever performs these actions, uh, and he doesn't increase upon that, then he will enter paradise. Even if he doesn't increase upon that. Hmm? But also without decreasing uh, from that. Meaning that whoever comes with these uh, obligatory actions, the salawat, five daily prayers in Ramadan, fasting the month of Ramadan, and the other obligations, then he will enter paradise. Even if he suffices with just the wajibat. Hmm? If he was to increase upon that, that is khair upon khair. And his level will be increased. Hmm? However, we understand from this hadith also that a person, he is, it is not allowed for him to decrease from that. Now, that he must come with these obligations. But the question here is, why were the other pillars not mentioned? Because here we have in this hadith, we have Ara'ayta Ida Sallait al Maktubat. If I prayed the five daily prayers, was sum to Ramadan. Only the prayer and Ramadan mentioned. Fasting Ramadan. Why were the other prayers not mentioned? Or the other, the other pillars of one? Maybe applied to the rest. In which way? Maybe he's so if we say that it's possible for us to say that the Hajj wasn't prescribed at that time because the Hajj was the last from the five pillars that were prescribed um, uh, made obligatory we said that the uh, Salat and the Shahada was from the very beginning from the very uh, sending of the Messenger of Allah that first pillar was always obligatory the Salat was made obligatory before, huh? before, before the hijrah, 
during the night journey, difference of opinion, some say 10 years, uh, after, the, uh, after the sending of the Messenger of Islam, hmm? two, three years before, some say the Hijrah, two, three years, hmm? uh, the, uh, the Psalm, when was that made obligatory? Second year. Second year. The Hajj, in the ninth. But the zakat, it's not possible for us, for us to say. It's possible now we can say that maybe the hajj wasn't made obligatory at that time. And that's possible. You have an angle. However, it's not possible to say that with the zakat. Because with the zakat, the zakat was made obligatory also in the second year, but before the, before the fasting of Ramadan. So how do we get around that? That's another explanation. That some of the scholars they mention that this man, he was a poor man, and he didn't ask about the zakat because he's not from those who has to give the zakat. He doesn't have that amount of money with him uh, for zakat, to, uh, yani to be obligatory upon him. And so some of the scholars they mention that he only asked about the salah and the fasting of Ramadan because. Every person must come with them. As for zakat and hajj, then that is obligatory. It only becomes obligatory upon the one who fulfills the conditions and the one who is able. So zakat only becomes obligatory upon you if you have the amount of money that is required for you to pay the zakat. And the hajj only becomes obligatory when you have the ability. When you can afford it and have the ability. As for salah, everybody has to do it. Even if you can't stand you pray sitting. If you can't pray sitting, you pray on your side. Even if you can't pray on your side, you can't make the movements, you come with the uh, that which you have to say in the prayer. Never can you leave off the prayer. Even in battle. Even in battle, you can't leave off the prayer. With fasting, you can't leave off fasting. If you're not able to fast, then you... Huh? Then you feed. You feed a, a, a person for every... Fast that your poor person for every fast that you missed. As for zakat and as for hajj, they only become obligatory when a person fulfills those conditions. And so he asked, uh, yani only concerning them matters that concern, concern him. Another explanation is that he's saying, Muharramtul haram, that I, and that I declare Haram, that which is haram, and I yani, stay away from the haram, then this includes, this includes zakat and hajj within that. How is that? How is that? Because leaving them is haram. Leaving a wajib. Leaving off a wajib. Something which is obligatory upon you. Leaving it off is haram. You know, it's not allowed for you to, to leave it off. So, وَحَرَّمْتُ الْحَرَامِ that I make haram, the haram, and I stay away from it, believing that it's haram. That includes giving the zakat and performing the hajj. Because it's haram for you to, to not give the zakat if you're from Ahlul Zakat, the people who need to give zakat. And it's haram for you to not perform the hajj if you are able and can afford it. Now, and then 
after him asking, after the Messenger of Allah, uh, after the man he asked the Messenger of Allah, Jannah, will that cause me to enter paradise? The Prophet said, Naam. He said, Yes. Here the scholars they mention that in this is Iada lis In this is uh, a repetition of the of that which is within the question without actually repeating it. So, Naam, when the man he said, Adhul al Jannah, will I enter paradise? This, the saying of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Naam, yes, is like he has said, Tadhul al Jannah. It's like he has said, you will enter paradise. Even though he didn't say those words. And so, what do we get from this? What we get from this is within Islam and the rulings within Islam. That the wording of na'am and the likes, that there is built upon this rulings. Rulings are built upon this. And so, for example, if it's, if it's said to a man, and if you say to a man, uh, Have you divorced your wife? And he says, na'am. Then, it's like he has said, Then it's like he has said, I have divorced my wife. He, it's not, meaning, it's not required that he says to his, yani he says to his wife, and Talik, that you are divorced. Or, I divorce you. It's not required. In English, if he was to say, uh, yani I divorce you, or you're divorced. It's not required that he actually says that. If his wife says to him, have you divorced me? And he says, yes. Then it's like he has said, hmm? I've divorced you. It's not, it's not a requirement that he says, I divorce you, those words. Just replying with yes, then the rulings are applied. Hmm? Likewise, if a man, if it's, if it's said to him, uh, if he said to him, Zawajtuka uh, ibnati, that I marry my daughter to you. And then those around him, they say, Aqabilt, uh, do you accept that? Because we know from the pillars of uh, the nikah, of marriage, from the pillars, is that there is the ijab and the qabul. Ijab meaning the, the, the offering. And the qabul, the acceptance. And so the wali, the guardian of the woman, he says, I give such and such a marriage to you. And then the, the uh, groom, he responds by saying, Qabilt. Qabilt, I have accepted. Hmm? However, if, if after the wali says, I give such and such, my daughter or my sister, to you in marriage, Hmm? And he doesn't say qabilt, but someone else there says, Aqabilt, have you accepted? And he says, Naam, then it's accepted. It takes the ruling. It takes the ruling. Likewise, um, if uh, someone, he says to another person, he says, Awaqafta uh, baytak, have, have you given your house as an endowment? And he just replies by saying, Naam, then the ruling applies. And that means that his house is an endowment. 
Or, uh, and these are exam examples given by Sheikh Ibn Tamim, uh, you said, you can sell me a car? And then he responds and he jokes and he says, if he's joking, then obviously he, he, and he uh, actions are by intention. But if he was to say, yes, that's, yeah, the ruling applies. If he's serious and he says, yes, then uh, in Islam, that's sufficient. He doesn't have to say, I sell this car to you. Just saying, yes, as a reply to the question, that's sufficient. Now, so in this hadith, we, we uh, see from the benefits that we take from this hadith is we see the hirs of the Sahaba. That zeal, zeal from the Sahaba in asking concern, yani asking about those actions that would cause them to enter paradise. Concerned and had that zeal and the concern about those actions that will enter them into paradise. And that the ghaya, uh, ghaya with the Sahaba, yani the most important thing with the Sahaba is the whole Jannah, entering into paradise. And in that is uh, a refutation on the Sufis, from the Sufis, from the Sufis, those who, who say that we don't worship Allah, ragbatan fil Jannah. We don't enter, uh, we don't, uh, worship Allah seeking paradise. We don't do, we don't worship Allah due to that. Nor from fear from His, uh, punishment. No. But we worship Allah because of our, yani, our inclination and love to, love of Allah. But we don't, it's not because we want paradise. Hmm? And we see here that the Sahaba, the best of this Ummah, that the most important thing to them hmm, was entering paradise. Was entering paradise. And knowing those actions that, that caused them to enter paradise. And they, they, they desired paradise. They desired paradise. Now, but also what we know is that the actions, these actions in and of themselves, because what could be understood from this hadith, is that these actions cause a person to enter paradise. Hmm? Because the man he asked, after mentioning these actions, will these actions cause me to enter paradise? And the Prophet he said, yes. However, we have in the other hadith, that none of you will enter paradise through his actions. So we have a contradiction here. Hmm? How do we explain this? How do we explain this? Hmm? No doubt, no doubt their, their intention has to be there. Now, the rahmah of Allah. The actions are a, are a sabab. The actions are uh, reasons and means. Means for us to earn the pleasure of Allah. And it is only th after earning the pleasure of Allah and through His mercy that we enter paradise, that a person enters paradise. Now, likewise from this hadith, we learn about the station of the prayer, the five daily prayers, the station of the uh, fasting, the month of Ramadan, and the uh, other pillars 
in Islam. And the station of halal and haram. The station of halal and haram. That a person, he, he performs the halal, he performs the halal, hilla, with the belief that it is halal. And he stays away from the haram with the belief that it is haram in order for him to be rewarded. As we mentioned, that a, that a non-Muslim, that if he was to perform these actions, if he was to perform these actions without this belief, because a non-Muslim, he doesn't believe, he, he, he doesn't believe in Allah. Either he believes in him, but he, 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 he doesn't follow the messenger that was sent. Hmm? Or, yeah, and from those who, as we know, uh, they claim, the atheists, that there's no, that there's no creator. However, we know that that's a lie, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has, uh, created man upon the fitrah, which is that he believes and he knows that there's a creator. However, yeah, and he, uh, those who perform the halal and stay away from the haram, but without the belief that the halal has been made halal by Allah and by His Messenger, وسلم, and likewise with the haram, and that, that, yeah, and he doesn't, um, that's not sufficient for him to be rewarded. And so, yeah, and this is the meaning of ahlal tul halal wa haram tul haram. I may, that I declare, uh, halal, the halal, meaning that I perform the halal with the belief that it's halal. And I stay away from the haram with the belief that it's haram. Now, and likewise, what we take from this hadith is uh, that na'am, as we mentioned, that the saying na'am and uh, yani affirming or saying yes uh, in reply to a question, likewise saying no, that the response to a question suffices from repeating that which is within the question. It takes the ruling. Of that which is within the question. Now, and uh, there's coming that hadith to, to finish. There's coming that hadith, seeing as though the topic is about entering Jannah. Then there's coming that hadith, that amazing hadith, the hadith which is recorded by Tirmidhi and Nisa'i and Ibn Majah and Imam Ahmed and others, which was declared Sahih by the scholars of hadith, uh, that uh, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, Man. سَأَلَ اللَّهُ الْجَنَّةِ Whoever asks Allah for Jannah ثَلَاثْ مَرَّاتِ And he asks Allah three times for Jannah قَالَتِ الْجَنَّةِ The Jannah says اللَّهُمَ أَدْخِلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ Oh Allah, enter him into Jannah A person who asks Allah for Jannah three times Then Jannah will make dua to Allah Saying, oh Allah, enter him into Jannah. And likewise, that whoever asks Allah that He, that He, uh, yani takes them away from the fire, ثلاث marrat, then qalat nar, then the, the, the fire, the fire, it makes dua, the hellfire makes dua to Allah, and He say, and, and it says, Allahumma ajirhu min nar. Oh Allah, uh, take him away. And prevent him from entering the fire. Allahumma adkhilna al-jannah. Allahumma adkhilna al-jannah. Allahumma adkhilna al-jannah. Wa ajirna min al-nar. Allahumma ajirna min al-nar. 
وجنة من النار هذا وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Likewise, in those conditions, in those states that يعني, uh, make his dua more liable to be an accepted, like when he's traveling or when it's raining, or يعني, the, 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 uh, the father for, or, the, or the mother for, for one's child, and so on. Now. Of course, yeah. Now, no doubt. Uh, that, as we mentioned, uh, that those ahadith, man qala la ilaha illallah, khalisan min qalbi, whoever says la ilaha illallah, uh, purely from his heart or sincerely from his heart, that he will enter paradise, or, or uh, yani, uh, similar ahadith, that this does not mean that if a person, he doesn't pray, he doesn't pray, or he doesn't come with the the obligations and, and, and specifically the the, fi, the five the obligatory the five obligatory pillars in Islam, uh, the rest of them after the shahada, the four pillars, salah and zakat and song and hajj. That doesn't mean now cause, because he said la ilaha illallah khalas. That's, that's all he needs. But rather, from these pillars, there are those. That if a person, he doesn't perform, even if he says La ilaha illallah, then from them, there is that which, because of him, due to him leaving them off, then uh, it takes his Islam away, according to many of the scholars. And so the one who doesn't pray, the one who doesn't pray, as uh, many of the scholars they hold, due to uh, a number of evidences, as we mentioned before, that uh, the way of the Muslim, and the way the scholars in, this, uh, in Islam, is that they combine between all of the evidences. And so, uh, regarding the prayer specifically, then we find there are many evidences that point to the uh, fact that the one who doesn't pray, that he, that he has no Islam, that he leaves the fall of Islam. So, like the hadith, uh, that the difference between us and them, meaning the disbelievers, is the prayer. So whoever leaves it and abandons it, then he is disbelieved. Or between a man and disbelief and shirk is abandoning the prayer. Likewise, ayat in the Quran, many ayat in the Quran. When it will be said to the people of, of the hellfire, what caused you to enter the hellfire? The first thing they will say is, well, we were not from those who used to offer the prayer. Uh, uh, and they came a group after them. Allah mentions in Surah, Surah, uh, Surah Maryam, they came a group after them who lost their prayers. They didn't perform the prayers. And they follow their desires. 
and so uh, and so they will meet Ghaya, a valley in uh, the hellfire. And likewise in Surah Tawbah, what Allah He mentions concerning the mushrikeen, that if they فَإِنْتَابُوا that if they repent وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ and they establish the prayer and they give the zakat and they give the zakat فَإِخْوَانُكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ then with these conditions they become your brothers in the religion that brothers brothers in iman and so without these if they, if they don't repent from that shirk and accept tawheed and worship Allah alone and they don't perform the prayer and give the zakat then they are not your brothers in Islam, brothers in Iman. These are strong proofs to show that a person, that even if he was to say La ilaha illallah, if he doesn't come with this pillar of salah, that, that he's not a Muslim. And Abdullah ibn, uh, ibn, ibn uh, Shaqiq, from the Tabi'een, from the students of the Sahaba, one who met many of the Sahaba, and in fact he, he, he died whilst there was, there was Sahaba still alive. He died before Anas ibn Malik. He made a statement and he said that the Sahaba did not see the leaving off of any action to be kufr, disbelief, except for the Salah. And so if you were to leave off the, 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 the fasting of Ramadan, leave off Hajj, leave off Zakat, they didn't see that, or the other oblig- obligatory actions, they didn't see that as disbelief, except for with the prayer. So who is he talking about, Abdullah ibn Shaqiq? He's talking about the Sahaba. This is what the Sahaba they held. This is their, their belief. And so the scholars have mentioned that this, this, he made this statement whilst the Sahaba were alive. In fact, he died, as we said, he died whilst other Sahaba were still alive. And so the scholars have mentioned that this is Ijma' Sukuti. That this takes the ruling of Ijma' consensus. Because they remained quiet. They didn't, they didn't uh, reject that from him. And so this was consensus from the Sahaba. Now, and, so, and likewise, uh, a person, if uh, he says, La ilaha illallah, hmm, but he commits shirk, he worships at the graves, he calls upon the awliya and the salihin, and the righteous, he calls upon the, the angels and the prophets of Allah, he calls upon the messenger of Allah Just because he says, La ilaha illallah, it's not sufficient. Rather, if he comes with something which negates uh, his Islam, comes with the naqid, uh, from the naqid of Islam, that which negates his Islam, then him saying, La ilaha illallah does not benefit him. doesn't benefit him. As we mentioned before, that whoever, that Allah does not forgive, that shirk is committed with him. But if he gives less than that to whoever he pleases. So it's, it's not sufficient enough for a person just to say, La ilaha illallah. Now. Yes. But he's got the ability to go to Hajj, did you say? Yeah, should the Some of the scholars they mentioned, those scholars who those scholars who hold the view that the person who doesn't pray uh, leaves the fold of Islam, then they say the the fasting of Ramadan, the giving of zakat, going on Hajj doesn't benefit him. Why? Because he's a disbeliever. He's a disbeliever. There, there are nullifiers, well known nullifiers in Islam. A person he performs all of the five pillars. He says the shahada, prays his five daily prayers. He gives the zakat, fasts the month of Ramadan, doesn't miss a day. Perform the hajj many times. But he makes mockery of the religion. He makes mockery of the religion. It's a, it's a nullifier from the nullifiers of Islam. 
Hmm? Look at those who, in the time of the Messenger of Allah, those who, who uttered a word of disbelief, made mockery of the religion. After one of the battles, uh, and when, when they were upon a journey, after one of the battles, and when uh, uh, the journey became difficult upon them, from them, those who were present with the Sahaba and the Messenger, messenger of Allah Sallallahu those who they said, "Ma ra'ayna mithlu qurra'ina haula," they said that we have not seen the likes of these reciters. Arghababatunan, they have the greediest of bellies. Wa akthiba al sina, and the most lying of tongues. Wa ajbanu in the liqa, and the most cowardly when it comes to meeting the enemy, meaning on the battlefield. Huh? They, yani mockery, mockery of the Sahab, mockery of the believers, hmm? mockery of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And so one from the Sahaba, he stood and he said, he said, that you have lied, but you are a munafiq, you are a hypocrite. Indeed, I will tell the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And so he went to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu but he found that the revelation had, had already preceded. You know, Allah had already revealed concerning the affair in Surah Tawbah. Well, uh, Allah He says, "Qul abillahi wa ayati wa rasuli kuntum tastahziun la taatadir qad kafartum baad imanikum." Say, meaning Muhammad Sallam say to them because they came, they came to the Messenger of Allah Sallam after the Sahaba was going to inform the Messenger, the Sahabi was going to inform the Messenger of Allah Sallam. They came holding on to the riding beast of the Messenger of Allah Sallam, whilst the whilst the Prophet Sallam was. Uh, riding away from them and they were they came to make an excuse and they said that we didn't say this except from the pains of travel yeah we were bored and with the difficulty of of of, of traveling and we just said it in joke yeah joking and make yeah just just to pass time but the prophet ﷺ did not turn to them except that he kept reciting qul abillahi wa ayati wa kuntum kept reciting the verse hmm? say was it in, was it Allah and His verses and His ayat and His and His uh, signs and and in His messenger that you were making mockery of? La Don't make no excuse. Qad kafartum ba'da imanikum. You have disbelieved after your iman after you did believe. Hmm? Even if they said that we were just playing around, just playing around, passing time. Istihza in the religion, there is no excuse for. Uh, even if a person was was joking, as has come in another hadith, certain matters in the religion not allowed to joke, no joking. In the hadith, with the messenger, messenger of Allah, he said, "Thalath jiddahun najid wa hazluhun najid." Three matters: jiddahun najid. Yani, when a person is serious about them, it is serious. Wa hazluhun najid, and even if he's messing around, it is serious. الطلاق النكاح الطلاق والرجعة meaning نكاح يعني marrying someone off or divorce or taking a wife back after divorcing her meaning if a person was to joke and say you know what I'm marrying my daughter to you and he says I accept it takes place whether he's serious or whether he's joking even if he's joking it takes place no joking in these affairs. Man says to his wife, I divorce you. And then he says, oh, I, was, I was joking. 
Yaqa' Talaq yaqa' It takes place uh, Or man divorces his wife And then in that waiting period In her idda, the waiting period He says, I take you back hmm? Or he sleeps with her Because that's one of the ways you can take her back He has relations with her And then he says, oh I was only joking No The ruling applies And Al-Istihzah Likewise Making mockery in the religion It's a serious matter Even if a person is joking person leaves the fold of Islam. So even if a person, yeah, and he comes with certain affairs in the religion, hmm, if there is something present which negates his Islam, it doesn't benefit him. So a person who doesn't pray, according to those who hold that uh, the one who abandons the prayer is a disbeliever, even if he was to perform the hajj, give the zakat, and so on, it doesn't benefit him. No. Some of the videos, they, they make it Some other? Some of the videos on huh? Even for educational purposes, there's no istihza in the religion. No istihza in the religion. Not allowed under any circumstances to, 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 to make mockery of the religion. Even to the extent where the scholars, uh, يعني, uh, they mentioned like uh, certain matters uh, that are per. istihza in the religion it is well known by necessity. By necessity. Whether a person is a learned individual, student of knowledge, he learns his religion, or a person is just a general person. Even the general people, they know you don't make mockery of the religion. You don't need to study that. It's well known. You find even the people of the other religions, the Christians and so on, and the Jews, and people of the other religions. When it comes to religion, don't make any mockery. Blasphemy. Don't make any mockery. You know, without even studying. And in Islam, it is well known. Well known that you don't make mockery in religion. There's no excuse for the one who... Who, who makes mockery in the religion. So a person who throws the Qur'an, even the general person you find, the Qur'an, uh, yeah, and it's difficult to find a person who doesn't respect the Qur'an. Any, any Muslim, huh, who, who knows, yeah, and the Qur'an is the book of Allah, you find that they, they honor the Qur'an. They honor the Qur'an. Even if he's someone who has, who, who, who has never studied the religion. Something well known in the religion. And so the scholars, they talk about this, those people who, uh, yeah, and he, uh, come with those uh, programs, uh, videos, uh, the, and he, those comedies, uh, and he, those who use the religion yeah, and he, to make people laugh, then that comes under the ruling of istihza. Now, even some of the scholars they mentioned that the punishment of the of the mustahzi, uh, the one who makes mockery in the religion, is death. And again, that's in, uh, for the Muslim ruler in the Muslim lands. But some of them they said. In fact, ijma uh, consensus consensus that that his his punishment is to is, is is that he's to be killed, and he's not even asked to make tawbah. He's not even asked to make tawbah. Uh, with some of the other sins, he's asked to make tawbah. Uh, salah. He leaves off the prayer. He's asked to make he's asked to make tawbah, and he prays, and then accepted from him. And he's asked three times. But with istihza, you don't even ask for tawbah. Now, so it's a very serious matter. Um, you mentioned a couple of sins that prevent the Muslim from entering Jannah straight away. No. Muslim, uh, cutting off family ties. Is there a book that you know of <clears throat> that explains all of the barriers that prevent the Muslim from entering 
I don't know of any books specifically uh, concerning, you know, uh, that what you asked about. But generally you find that being explained in the books of Aqidah, when the scholars they talk about, and the likes of this hadith, uh, when they talk about, uh, when they explain the likes of the, these hadith. Those hadith that, that mention la yidkhul jannah, whatever you find, the, the likes of that wording, he will not enter paradise, the one who does such and such, in the books of Aqidah, in the books of hadith. Um, but you have books that that also explain the kabair, the major sins, which is the book of, uh, of Imam al-Zahabi. And likewise, al-kabair of uh, Muhammad ibn al Wahhab. He has a book also al-kabair, the major sins. And so, yeah, the major sins, as we mentioned before, the major sins, if a person doesn't repent, because the qati al-rahm, the one who cuts off the ties, the one who uh, has kibr with him, pride and so on, the one who spreads uh, namima, then, yes, they're major sins. But, as we mentioned, that if a, a person can still make tawbah from them, all of the major sins, a person can make tawbah from them. We're talking about the one who, who uh, dies without making tawbah from them, that sincere tawbah. Hmm? So long as he makes a sincere tawbah, then he'll be forgiven. As long as he's sincere with his conditions, as we've discussed previously. Tawbah, that repentance with the conditions that, are, that should be present. From them, we said that he leaves off the sin immediately. He leaves off that sin. He feels his regret. Uh, he doesn't return back to it. He stays away from those things that lead to it. And so long as he's sincere from, yani in that Tawbah, then he's forgiven. But we're talking about the one who doesn't make, uh, repent from them. And so if he dies upon that major sin, then he is still تحت Allah. And so a person should know the major sins, yes. He should know the major sins to know what he needs to repent from. Hmm. Uh, and so as we mentioned, books such as Al-Kaba'ir, the major sins of Imam al-Dhahabi, and likewise uh, uh, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah. Most people, the Major sins. The will of Allah, yes. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills that He forgives them for these sins uh -huh. and they enter Jannah without adab, it's possible. The whole awwali, now. As we mentioned, that it's possible that they enter paradise uh, with those who enter without reckoning and punishment. Why? Because yani, if they're not going to be punished, huh, yani, they died with a major sin, but they're under the will of Allah. If Allah wills, he, he, he forgives them. So that means they're not punished. So don't, they don't even enter the hellfire. They enter paradise yani, without entering the hellfire. And so they become, uh, with, yeah, they, 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 they join the sabiqeen, those who will enter paradise from the very beginning. Now, however, there are still those who, as the scholars, they mentioned this, they say, Allah. If Allah wills, he forgives him. What? يُدْخِلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ And he will enter him into paradise. And if he wills, he will punish him. And so if he's punished, if he's punished, he will enter the hellfire, but he will not remain within it. Because so long as he's muwahid, as you mentioned, he said, لا إله إلا الله خالص من قلبه, then he will enter paradise. His final abode is paradise, the دخول ma'ali, the eventual entering. And is that the condition in the grave as well? That they be forgiven from 
from the uh, believers, there are those again um, who will not be punished, will not be punished uh, in the in the grave, um, and we discussed that in the uh, explanation of the book, the three principles, the three fundamental principles. Uh, we we discussed that and we said that uh, just because a person he answers correctly those three questions when he's asked who is your Lord and he says my Lord is Allah, who is your prophet and he says my prophet was Muhammad sallallahu what is your religion and he says Islam, just because he answers correctly and he he will enter paradise doesn't mean he won't be punished. It's possible that he could be punished. It's possible. Hmm? Yeah, those who will not be punished. But there are those who will still be punished because there is coming that hadith, عَمَتُ عَذَاب الْأُمَّةِ فِي الْقَبْرِ That the, uh, يعني the uh, majority of those who are punished in the grave from my ummah, meaning from the Muslims, hmm, is due to, what? Huh? Bowl due to urine not purifying themselves from urine. Hmm? This is this is concerning the believer, the Muslim, the Muwahid. Why? Because if he's not Muwahid, he is Mushrik. The Mushrik will not enter paradise. Hmm? It's concerning the Muslim and the Muwahid. Why? How do we know that? Because because the Mushrik and the a uh, disbeliever, يعني, his punishment, he will be punished in the grave. For his kufr, which is greater than يعني, the urine, not purifying himself from urine. So this is concerning uh, the believers from this ummah. Those who يعني, never uh, purified, didn't used to purify themselves from, 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 this, uh, from this action, from, from this uh, sin. Now. So we'll suffice with that.